Hello and welcome to the Equalizer podcast. I'm your host, Ariana Cascone, and I'm here today with my Equalizer colleague, Becky Morgan, to chat about the United States women's national team. Becky, how are we doing today? Doing great. Happy to be here as always. Yeah, I am too. So today we're going to talk about the U.S. women's national team in the context of the upcoming World Cup roster drop. Right. So we've had five weeks of the NWSL season and we're really starting to get a sense of what kind of club form these players are in and how that might translate to who we see named to the roster uh, this summer. So we're mostly interested today in thinking about who the bubble players are and what the outcomes might be there. So I think we should just get right into it. Um, for me, there's one player that is potentially on the bubble, but maybe shouldn't be. And that's Lynn Williams. Oh, I agree 100%. 100%. I'm surprised that she's, with everything that's happened, that she's still even considered a bubble player because I think that she has definitely worked her way onto the roster. I mean, five goals across all competition so far. I mean, her stats just in general look excellent. She's she's in great form, and Mm -hmm. the national team needs a forward in great form with the loss of Mal Swanson. Yes, that's absolutely correct. I agree 100%. Uh, when Mallory Swanson went down, I think a lot of us were trying to understand who her replacement would be. And, you know, maybe it would be Alyssa Thompson. You know, she was the player that slotted into the roster, you know, in the wake of Swanson's injury. But for me, I think it sort of did open up the the way for Lynn Williams to be a lock in the roster, um, which I think she should have been regardless, just knowing what she can do, knowing what she did for the U.S. in the Olympics, Um, but I think one part of Lynn Williams game, you know, that is talked about and should be talked about even more is her ability to defend. I think that's something Mm -hmm. actually that she brings that Mallory Swanson that might even be a little bit better than what Mallory Swanson brings. So, um, I was taking a look at, at some of the data and it it turns out that Lynn Williams is actually third in the league in tackles and she's the only four that even made the top 10. So it is. And I was not really surprised to see that just because, you know, when you watch Lynn Williams play, it's very clear that she is key to her team for winning the ball back and, you know, quick transitions. And I think recently for Gotham, she has definitely changed games and essentially clawed Gotham to victory or, you know, equalizer like last night in the challenge cup. But, um, you know, it, a lot of it does start in the midfield when she's winning the ball back. So I think that will uh, fare well for the national team this summer. I agree. But I mean, even just looking at her pure offensive numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. she's had 19 shots with 12 of them on target. And compare that to Trinity Rodman. who's had seven shots with five on target. I mean, Lynn is blowing pretty much everybody in the national team player pool out of the water with the exception of Sophia Smith, who's also like just playing at another level right now. Yeah, this is right. And I think it kind of goes back to this whole idea of the the attacking pool being so deep that yeah. like the, Lynn Williams could even be a bubble player, right? It's kind of mind-blowing. Um, so we mentioned like Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman. Are there any other forwards that uh, in the context of bubble players specifically that we should think about? Well, what do you think about our newly announced rookie of the month, Alyssa Thompson? I think... Bringing her to the World Cup is a smart choice, honestly. 
Um, I think that she, it's likely, it's, well, I don't know how much of a role she would have. Like, I could see her being, you know, coming off the bench. It's hard to be that young and to take on, you know, a starting role, say. Um, Not to say that that's never happened, but um, just given that, so she scored two goals for Angel City this season so far, and both of them were really impressive displays of just her confidence and her ability to drive at a back line, right? So in her most recent goal against Portland, she beat Kelly Hubley twice, like the same defender twice, one with a, a... a touch over Kelly Helbley's head, essentially, and a little burst of pace, and then beating her again before taking a shot outside the box, right? These are things, I think, that indicate she's ready for the national team, which we've seen, you know, in her appearances. But I, the World Cup is a little bit of a different monster. So, Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if she'll get minutes, but I think that at the level she's at, and she is clearly someone Vladka has been interested in because she's mm-hmm. you know, been called in, she's she's played games, recently uh for the national team the most recent one so i think getting her in that environment as soon as possible if if there's room and i mean unfortunately there is with mal swanson going out i I think that she is absolutely someone that you want to bring in just to acclimate them to this really intense tournament environment um so yeah i definitely i think she's still in the bubble but i can definitely see her going yeah. And, you know, this conversation is reminding me of uh, Jaden Shaw. So I'm mm. not really sure that she's really even on the bubble, right? She's got no caps uh, for the senior team, but she's been lights out for the wave. And I think she's been, you know, crucial to their attack. And Casey Sony has even said at times this season that they are sort of uh, adjusting their attacking game plan to make sure that Jaden Shaw has the space to be central. And, you know, we see that we see her ability to like take advantage of that space centrally and beat players right in front of the goal and then score goals in your post, right? Like she did over the weekend. So um, this is to say, I think if there's any player that, that the U S is potentially not considering, I think Jaden Shaw might be, you know, making a case for herself, especially in the context of what you just said in terms of like getting that world cup experience at a young age um, and, and sort of getting in the mix. I mean, with this cycle, we still have you know Alex Morgan and then Megan Rapino, who's probably going to get even even fewer minutes. I, I can't imagine someone like Jaden Shaw not coming in the next cycle mm-hmm. and being a, a central figure with how well she's playing if she can keep this up. So yeah, I agree. Doesn't seem to be any sign that she's even on the bubble now. But I mean, if there, if you're right, if there's another injury, if they're looking at someone, I think that she would be a, a natural person to potentially call mm-hmm. up. So are there any other? forwards that we'd like to talk about before we maybe take a step back and think a little bit more about the midfield no I'm definitely interested in talking about the midfield because I think there's a lot to talk about there (laughs) yes we've been talking about the midfield all along um you know in this world cup build-up there's been lots of questions about who will play in the six and Julie Ertz has answered that question by returning right and officially signing with Angel City and so she's back playing in the NWSL and it kind of looks like she just hasn't missed a beat no, she hasn't, which is pretty darn remarkable. Mm-hmm. You know, when she was when she was called back in and just like immediately put on the roster, there were so many questions. I definitely had questions. I was like, really, Vlatko? You know, just just tossing her on there after we haven't seen anything. But Julie Ertz is still Julie Ertz, and I mean, she has not, as you said, missed a single beat, and she has just come back with Angel City and been that physical 
holding midfielder the the team has not been able to find a replacement for you know we've seen so many people shuffled in and out of the six to varying successes you know i don't think the Haran experiment uh, experiment worked well i don't love Porniak as a six uh so you know i think having Ertz back there solidly is the answer that the u.s was very lucky to to have because i i i, I I cannot at this point imagine her not going and not being a starter. I agree. And so, you know, she's not really fitting that bubble description at all at this point, at least not for us. Um, But her return does, I think, put some other players kind of on the bubble. So, you know, you mentioned Taylor Korniak getting minutes at the six. Christy Mewis has played in the six. I mean, Sam Coffey is a really great NWSL defensive midfielder who you know, has been called in, not called in, has played very limited minutes, not seen any time at all for the national team. So what are your thoughts about any or all of those three players in the wake of, you know, or it's very likely going to the World Cup? I mean, I think that there's also no question that Andy Sullivan is going. Yes, that that is. I left her off the list because for me, there's no way Andy Sullivan stays home. I can't imagine her staying home either, but that makes it like even thinner for the players you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Vlaka is going to have hard decisions to make because I think only one of them is going. And I think it's between Korniak and Mewis. Korniak has been injured though. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if she'll be healthy enough to get there. Mewis has been good. You know, she's a solid player. I mean, she's, she's playing how, Christy Mewis plays. I think she's been good filling in. I think she's been good coming in as a sub. I don't know if she's been lights out enough to take that role with Ertz coming in. Like I, I don't. I just don't. With how deep the midfield is, I just don't quite see where Christy Mewis fully fits in with the players that they currently have. Because um, I mean, she's not going to beat Lavelle. She's not going to beat Haran. Obviously, you know, like the the midfield depth is just out of out of control so i i mean I, I don't know what are your thoughts who do you think has the the likelihood of going or or staying more on the bubble yeah i mean i think sam coffee probably is staying on the bubble um mm-hmm. taylor Korniak, you bring up a really good point about her injury status i think if she's not fit it doesn't really make sense to bring her i don't know if she falls into that category of you know vladko has said something to the effect of if a player is x percent ready then, you know, they can still come because they will be impactful in, in you know, that, those ways. And I just don't know if a Taylor Korniak, who's not 100%, will make sense for this team. Yeah, I don't know if she's been enough of a difference maker in the times that she's been called in. I mean, she can score goals. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Vlatko loves her height, especially, you know, we're, we're missing the height of Sam Mewis and everything. So, you know, there's, there's definitely benefits to having tall players during set pieces. Yeah. But I don't think her I think her injury status might be an, enough to to push her fully onto the bubble and and potentially out of the roster. Yeah. And Christy Mewis, I mean for her storyline, right? Like I'm rooting for her. I think, you know, this kind of comeback, which has not really been a comeback because it's been so much time, has been really fun to watch. Um I think she has a pretty good shot of going because she's versatile in the midfield. And, and, you know, she did get minutes at the six, but that's not her, her primary position. She's good uh, attacking and, and, you know, not 
thinking that she would be taking the place of Lavelle or Haran. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that she could be subbing in late in games or even in, in you know, the group stage during uh, some rotation in the lineup. I could imagine Chris Tumio slotting in there. So um, she was probably the one out of the three that I could imagine being closest to off the bubble um, in a more, you know, in a way toward the roster. I mean, if if we want to talk about dark horse players, though, like we did with the forwards, I don't think it's going to survive, surprise anybody on the face of the planet when I say that, like, this team could use Savannah DeMello. I mean, she had an absolutely amazing rookie year and then has come back and had, in my mind, an even better sophomore year. Um, she's just so incredibly good on the ball. And I mean, versatility, she can play as the six, the eight, the ten. I mean, she can play anywhere in the midfield and do it well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if there's, in, I don't think that she's going to surpass anybody that is, has already been on the bubble unless if there's an injury, I don't think that they're just going to like grab Savannah and shove her in, um, you know, over Mewis or Corniak. But if their injuries or uncertainties or, or something happens, I, I do think if anybody is going to slide their way in who has not been called into recent games, I cannot see it be anybody but Savannah DeMello. And I mean, I, I'm not the only one saying that. Non-racing fans are are, <laughs> are saying that too, that like, why isn't Savannah DeMello getting call-ups? So I think that, you know, she's definitely going to be looked at for the next cycle, but knock on wood, there aren't injuries. But, mm-hmm. you know, should something happen, I do think that she's probably the one who will slot onto the bubble who might not even be considered a bubble player right now. Yeah, I mean, it's... I know that, you know, you prefaced that with saying it won't be surprising for any listeners, but I mean, that's kind of just the truth. Like, I think the same thing. Savannah DeMello has been brilliant in the NWSL. I mean, she leads racing in many statistical categories. I mean, she also looks really great in the eye test, right? Like, she is the engine to that racing team, which is sort of on the cusp of greatness this season, I think. They... They have real flashes of really great performances and then they have, you know, seen results slip away. And I think when it comes to those really great stretches, Savannah DeMello is always, you know, right there in the middle of things. Um, and she's also good, so good both offensively and, and, mm-hmm. and defensively. I mean, she has a 75% success rate in tackles. Um, you know, she has a fairly high passing rate, 70%. And she can score absolute bangers from outside of the box. And like, she's just incredibly good at positioning and keeping the, her body between the ball and the defenders that she can either sneak past or she draws a foul and then earns a set piece. I mean, she's, she plays like she's always a step ahead of someone, of, of everybody around her. And so I, I think she's a really exciting player. We will, we'll see what happens, but I would love to see her get a, get a call up sooner rather than later. If not for the world cup, then maybe, maybe for the Olympics before the Olympics or for the next cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not be mad about any of those options. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So midfielders, um, we are ready to move into defenders. So who is your biggest defensive question mark? Like who do you think might be on the cusp Ooh. here? So, I mean, there are, Unfortunately, a lot of defensive questions, um, particularly in, in center field. I don't think she's on the bubble because I think she's so versatile and she's 
a Swiss army knife of a player, as you said moments ago before we started re- recording, but like, I don't, I have not loved what I've seen from Emily Sonnet so far this season. Um, I don't think her, her numbers have been that impressive. Um, on the whole, you know, she's only 41% in duels, you know, only 50% in, ta- in, in tackles, which, you know, isn't bad. She's only had eight clearances, five blocks, seven interceptions. I mean, that is far behind many central midfielders. Like, that's that's far behind Jalen Howell, who had, or as a holding midfielder, because Sana has played both as a holding midfielder and a center and a center back. You know, she's far behind Jalen Howell, who's only played about a third of the, the minutes or a third less of the minutes that Sana has played because she was injured. You know, her numbers are far behind Kaylee Real, who, you know, is, is not in the national team picture playing for San Diego Wave as a center back. So, like, she's great because she can plug in a lot of areas, but, like, I don't feel like Sana is the answer to um, what what the national team needs in, in a real jam, but she has the experience. She's the good locker room presence. You know, she has the chemistry with this team. So I I can see all the arguments for her, but I do think that she's going to need to step up and and play better for country than she has been for club. If she's really going to be effective in the world cup. Um, But I mean, like I said, with all the questions we have in center back, I mean, I think that's going to, that's going to push her off the bubble and into the roster. I mean, I, we talked about this. We both have a lot of questions about center back. So like, Mm -hmm. what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I think, well, so I wanted to, I have some thoughts about Emily, the Emily Sonnet question, which is that uh, for me, she's really just not on the bubble, sort of like what you're saying. Um, I think it, it might be true that she's not like truly excellent at, you know, whatever position that she's playing or she's being asked to play rather on the national team. But I think there's something to the fact that she can be a pretty okay option at the six at center back or at fullback. Right. So I think that alone is enough to get her on the plane. Um, I would be shocked if she didn't go. I mean, she has spent time as alternates in major tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think just given you know, given the the environment, I think she's going to make the roster and, and that'll be it. Um, but, you know, thinking about the center back specifically, there are questions. I think for me, Becky Sauerbrunn and Naomi Gurma are probably the starters. Um, they, have to be. they, you know, and who comes after them? Alana Cook and Tierna Davidson. Um, Alana Cook, I think, has had flashes where she looks good and then other times where things are not as consistent. Um, And Tierna Davidson, right in her return from injury, has been part of a Chicago backline that has really struggled. So what do you what do you think of those those options? Alana Cook, um, Tierna Davidson. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of questions about Tierna Davidson in, in general. I mean, she's just coming back from from major injury and and being out for so long I, I i mean it's hard to say because like chicago has just been playing really poorly yeah but or the defensively they've been playing really poorly but at the same time you know her numbers aren't awful for chicago compared to some of the other defenders but you know she's she did not do that great against ireland though um 
you know, she in, in, in the time that she's played with the national team and come back. I mean, part of that could just be like the stress of returning and not having like chemistry built up with the players around you. But she did not have like the immediate strong return that like Juilliard's has had, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, there you are, the player that we were all you know, expecting and then some. Um, I, I think Davidson, just for having had the experience of being with the team so long and, you know, having this tournament experience and everything will probably slot in above, like, say, Casey Kruger, who also, you know, her, her fellow Chicago defender who is also, you know, not having the, the best time of, of it at, at club, but it's really hard to say. I don't know what defenders um, Vlatko is going to bring. I mean, I think that the definites are, are Emily Fox, Becky Sauerbrunn, Naomi Gurma, Crystal Dunn, um, probably Sofia Huerta, just based on, on the minutes she's getting everything like that. Alana Cook. I mean, is that the six that they bring plus Emily Sonnet? You know, but then where's the, the center back depth? I, I really don't. I, the, the defenders are a bit of an enigma for me. So <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on, on like Casey Kruger, who's gotten some call-ups recently? Yeah, I think, um, you know, really excited to have her back, um, just, you know, back in the pool. Um, I, I think it's hard to evaluate Kruger and honestly Davidson because of what Chicago's backline has looked like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, same thing for Alyssa Nair, and, and we'll get to the goalkeepers in a second. But I think if we're thinking about defenders, it's interesting that you're thinking about the, you know, we're talking about center back depth, but I'm also curious about fullback depth, right? Is Kelly O'Hara going to Australia? <laughs> um, Good question. I, I, yeah, I, what, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that for what she brings on the field and, or, and what she brings in the locker room, her experience level, and the fact that she has an uncanny ability to like come back and be healthy during tournaments and be like a really pivotal player. I mean, I, I would err on the side bringing of bringing her if there's room, but like, what do you think? I mean, do you think that she could be a starter over Huerta based on, on what we're seeing? Like, or, you know, if you're alternating, like I think Fox and, and Dunn have the, the adder backs locked down, mm-hmm. but when you're you know alternating out of them, like what would you say Huerta and, and, and O'Hara? Like what, what would you do? I, that's a good question. I mean, some of this, some of this sort of hinges on the number of defenders, A, and then also like what the breakdown is between center and fullback. Um, obviously, I don't think either one of us can answer that question. No. <laughs> um, but it does, it does sort of add a little bit more weight to the sonnet is going argument just because yeah. like, you know, wherever she's falling, she can play both positions, you know fullback and center back. So um, in terms of the O'Hara question specifically, um, I think barring, you know, injuries, I could see her going. I mean, she has had a pretty rough history. I think everyone knows that. I think she's in, she has played, is it limited minutes for Gotham? Has she been injured? She's been playing limited minutes. I mean, she started, didn't she start last night, but mm-hmm. she started on the bench in their last regular season game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and there's time, obviously the roster's not coming out tomorrow. Um, and the world cup is in July. So time, but not that much time. So I guess we'll sort of see and keep an eye on, on, um, what her form looks like. And that's kind of the same, what we were saying with Taylor Korniak, 
Right. Yeah. So part of this is like, well, what are these players going to look like right as, you know, the page turns and it's and it's ready. The World Cup roster is ready to be announced. Um, so yeah, any closing early for that? It's 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 yes. hard to tell. But yeah, I don't know. I, it, do you think it's a problem? I know we're not done. I mean, we still want to talk about goalkeepers and everything. But like, do you think it's it's worrisome that the U.S. still has this many roster questions this close to the World Cup? Or do you think that this is pretty normal? I mean, so many teams are dealing with injuries. It's but, true. You know, it's not like, you know, England. I mean, look, at they're being absolutely decimated uh, with injuries. So, like, I don't know. How, how worried are you that the U.S. is still still has this many question marks? Yeah, this is an existential crisis, it feels like. And, you know, um, when Jeff and I recorded a couple of weeks ago and we were talking national team, the whole theme of that episode was really about questions that need answers that don't have answers. And when we got to the end, it was sort of just like, well, now we just came up with even more questions. Right. And I sort of feel like we are still in that same boat. Um, It's a little bit worrisome. I mean, I think the United States has, they, it sort of feels like they have gears when it comes to major tournaments. Um, And, you know, I, I guess I'm just, waiting to see what will happen when the time really comes. I mean, the Olympics yeah. were not great. I mean, we all know what happened in the Sweden game, right? I hope that that does not happen in the World Cup. That would be a real bummer. Um, but it is kind of anxiety provoking to think about all these questions that we just are sort of like, well, it could go either way. I mean, at the same time, though, like every team at some point needs to have a turnover in their rosters right Mm -hmm. and we're at that kind of weird time that was a little delayed and a little messed up because of covid that like i don't know i i guess that i i'm surprised and i'm a little worried that we have this many questions but at the same time like this is just the year for this to happen. This is just the cycle that this is happening for, for the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're having some players exit and some players enter and a lot of questions about should this player be exiting? Should they still be considered? Should they not? So, I mean, I think this is fairly par for the course, but I was hoping we would be a little more settled <laughs> by this point myself. But you know what? We'll, we'll just see what happens when the when the roster actually drops. Yeah, we will. And um I do want to touch on the goalkeepers a little bit. Your yep. your thoughts about, you know, roster turnover and sort of like the ending an era and beginning a new one is something I think a lot about in the context of this goalkeeper pool. Yeah. So Alyssa Nair has been the United States number one for a while. Um, and as I alluded to before, right, she's having a really rough start to the NWL season with Chicago. She had a statistical down year last year as American Soccer Analysis wrote in their NWL preview. Um, and you know, it's sort of continuing into this season. And I think there is an argument to be made about club form not translating to international form for goalkeepers specifically. I mean, I guess that's true for all players, but I'm thinking about it specifically in terms of the goalkeepers here. Um, What are your thoughts, given that kind of regardless of what's going on in the field, it seems like Nair is probably going to be the number one in in Australia, New Zealand. Oh, I, I think that there's no question about that. And she's always been a player that has come up big for country. Mm hmm. Um, you know, regardless of how she looks for club. So, I mean, I, I think this is probably her last cycle is number one, but I definitely think that there's no question she's number one or else like we have been seeing a lot more of Murphy and we haven't. And then the fact that we've gone back and forth between like Kingsbury and, and French, like, 
I think the third keeper is, is fairly wide open at this point. I mean, it seemed, you know, month, two months ago, that like AD French had like absolutely worked her way back into being the the third keeper after, you know, having an excellent end of season with Kansas City. But she's had a very bad start to the season with Kansas City to the point that she hasn't started the last three matches that they've played, I believe. And, mm-hmm. and Cassie Miller has so far seemingly taken over the starting spot at least i mean they've made it clear that they're in competition with each other as they should be i mean you should always have to be fighting for your spot no matter how established you are because that's what breeds competition and and breeds success in teams but they're they're competing and french isn't winning so like should she be brought to the world cup when she isn't even starting with her club team i would say that's a pretty big no um so I think Kingsbury may have may have snuck her way potentially into the lower roster. And at the same time, I mean, barring injuries, that's not really going to affect the World Cup very much. You pretty much stick with the same goalkeeper mm-hmm. throughout. So Nair is the, the much bigger question. But regardless of her form, I don't see how anybody is going to usurp her and take her out of out of out of the, the number one starting position for the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, I think. There was an interesting quote that um, head coach Vlad Kondinovsky said in his last like official presser before the, the roster comes out, really. And, um, you know, he says there's a group of players that we feel very comfortable with and we've communicated with them that all we're going to need from them is to just maintain an OK form, a decent form. And I think that's really interesting just because we're all kind of thinking about his comments, you know, in terms of club form mattering and, and there for a subset of these players, right? They just have to be decent. They don't have to be lights out every single time they step on the field. Um, but Alyssa Nair isn't even really being decent. Um, and, you know, I, neither is AD French. She's Only being benched. percent save rate. Yeah. So, I mean, I still agree with what you just said and that probably a Nair, well, most likely Nair is not going anywhere, right? But I just think in the context of sort of everything that's going on, it's a little bit of a head scratcher for me because I, I, is that to say, I think Casey Murphy, who's technically like next in line should be number one. No, I don't think that she's been absolutely great. Has she been decent? Maybe. Right. Um, But more question marks. I mean, Nair, I think gets the edge in simply because I mean, we just spent a lot of time talking about the question marks on the back line, Mm -hmm. you know, at least Nair and and Sauerbrunn have, a very strong relationship of years playing together. So at least, you know, that's a level of comfort. She has a, a level of comfort playing with Sonnet, with Kelly O'Hara, if they're playing, I mean, with Dunn, with, with Fox to a certain extent, um, less so, but, you know, I, I think you want to err on the side of having a goalkeeper that like your, your back line knows what to expect from yeah. and a keeper who knows what to expect from their back line when there's this much turnover and this much, this many questions still in all of these positions. So, I mean, I think that alone gets Nair unquestionably into, into the starting spot. Yeah. I think that's a really great point. Um, do you have any final thoughts about goalkeepers before we call it on the show? Well, I'm just curious who, if, uh, if, a, if a wild card was being called in, um, Oh boy. As, as goalkeeper, who would you call in? Because I think Fallon Tullis Joyce has made, a good argument for herself. And of course I'm going to say Katie Lund because I'm nothing if not predictable, but I mean, I think statistically that she, she bears it out. I mean, except for her bad mistake, the, you know, gave up the penalty last, um, 
last game against OL Reign. I mean, she's been pretty pretty lights out in goal. That's pretty much the only bad mistake she's made that I've seen. So yeah, I love this question. Um, it's sort of it's hard to answer. I think like realistically, I think it's down to four players, and it's Nayer, French, Murphy, and Kingsbury. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, and I think it's. My take on NWSL goalkeepers is that there's no question many of them are very talented. I went, I wrote a ton last season about how I think Katie Lund should have been the goalkeeper of the year. Like that to me was egregious that she wasn't even on the short list. <laughs> I think Fallon choice was very great last year too. Um, continues to be good this season, has a really great defense in front of her. Um, the question mark for me when it comes to all this though, is like, how does that translate to international play? And so yeah. I'm excited for, you know, like after the World Cup, we can start looking into those questions more. I think that's like where I'm at. Um, I don't imagine that there would be we sort of I, I mentioned Jaden Shaw maybe being, you know, on the very outskirts. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is a situation that would really happen with the goalkeepers, um, like calling in somebody that just has sort of been so off the radar. You don't think Campbell could work her way back in if there was like a major injury or something like that? Um. I mean, I mean, I think Campbell's the only one just from her experience with the national team who, like, let's say that, like, something happens to French and Kingsbury and we need a third keeper. I mean, I, I'm i not know. wild about Campbell in that position at all, but I still feel like she would probably be the one called in just because she has a history and a pretty significant history with, with the national team. Yeah, she has been, I mean, if we're thinking about statistical down years, like, her average is pretty down yes. in terms of her goalkeeping, so... Um, that wouldn't necessarily, Jane Campbell would not necessarily be my choice, (laughs) Um, but you know, but I mean, I feel like keepers are also players who like are brought in and they last a lot longer, regardless of their form in a lot of ways. I don't know. I feel like there's a much more set standardized goalkeeping union for the national team than there are for other lines personally, but maybe that's just my personal take. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't feel no, like I think there's that much movement in it, like that people stay for years if they're called in. Well, except for Jane Campbell. She got dropped, right? That's a good point. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's true. And I think that sort of that's a good place to, to you know, wrap this up in that yeah. we are having all these question marks about the goalkeepers, but sort of like what you're saying, these three or four, Nair, French, Murphy, Kingsbury, are, you know, sort of like who is really. Um, yeah in the running i think no i agree and i think that that's the exact order but <laughs> i didn't even mean to do that but i suppose maybe i would swap murphy and french but really you think french would be number two ahead of murphy oh, I... um no i think i think murphy would be number two i guess i forgot oh i thought you I, I thought you said um <laughs> no, murphy, french, yeah Ner- Nair, murphy french kingsbury exactly okay right. yes that's the order yes that's great the order. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, that is a wrap for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thanks, Becky, for joining me to talk about the national team. I really enjoyed this little thought experiment we had going on here. Oh, I enjoyed it, too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we'd like to give a special thank you to our producer, Jacqueline Purdy. For The Equalizer, I'm Ariana Cascone, and we'll be back soon with more on The Equalizer podcast. <laughs>